John 21, if you guys want to write that down, when we were looking at the restoration of Peter, Peter restored, but we're interested um, in the in the process and the way that Peter was restored. We're interested in understanding why he was restored. We're interested in just you know this 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 passage gives us a good model, good framework to understand Christ's work in our lives as believers. Peter is a, a type of us, right? He's a type of a believer. And so, John 21. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he reveals himself in this way. Um, Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, uh, the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. Sounds pretty fishy, doesn't it? Sounds pretty fishy. Yeah, I'm, I'm going fishing. They said, then we will go with you. We're going to look at that next week. We're going to look at, hopefully, Lord willing, this week, right? We're going to look at that. But we're going to look at the, how, the, how the disciples responded to Peter. We will go with you fishing. We're going to go with you fishing. Think of that. They went out and got into the boat. We'll get that next week. Lord, we, we thank you for this precious word. It's been a blessing in my life. First of all, Jesus revealed himself again in a particular way. Verse 21 says that Jesus revealed himself again in this way. So um, he gives us a clue that the Holy Spirit wants to teach us how, how God, how Jesus is going to reveal himself to Peter. So we have to learn. We, we cannot tell God. We can't tell Jesus how he's going to do that. He has his own way. His ways are higher than our ways. And um, so he has his own way. Secondly, Simon Peter is mentioned first, right? He's mentioned first because um, this is no accident, because the story really is going to be primarily about Peter. Um, we were, um, the, the disciples too, I don't want you to lose sight of that, because next week we're going to see um, the disciples wanting to go fishing too, and we'll touch on that at the time of the text. But um, we'll, we'll get to that. But, but it's primarily about Peter. Um, thirdly, the disciples are together, and I'm trying to see now, the framework of this revelation of Jesus Christ, the conditions are that these, these disciples in verse 21, verse 2, um, chapter 21, verse 2, they were together. The disciples were together. So they're not, it's not like everyone in their own little prayer closet. 
that they're, they're all together here and that's what they're having fellowship and it's in that context of Jesus that these missiles really brought um, their courage and then fourthly we really got the, um, the, 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 the thing that really sets the story apart is when Peter says in verse 3 I'm going fishing and that sets the tone and from that point on yes if you have spiritual eyes to see you know something is wrong something is not right here um, and so he, we start to see that number one Peter saying going, I'm going fishing reveals um, there's a detachment there's a detachment from the group right so um, he's detached he says I'm going fishing he does not invite the others to come along um, he's just doing something on his own Eddie I think I have a slide for that <coughs> he, um, he, he's, go, he's detached from the group second of all um, um, and we see the importance. We see the importance of of, of community, as we as we saw in First John. We walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. Secondly, Peter's statement that he's going fishing reveals a, a, a level of self determination. Um, he's basically deciding for himself. He's not really consulting with the group. He's not saying, "Hey guys, what do you guys want to do?" Right? He's not. He's not inquiring with the guys. Doesn't even seem to be caring. He's not praying about it. Well, let me pray if I can go fishing. Um, he, he's made his own decision. He's made his own plans. He's going fishing, right? Um, and then thirdly, thirdly, um, not only does it reveal the detachment for the group, self-determination, but then um, very interestingly, um, Peter's statement reveals a desire to return to the form of his mission, to his previous mission. If you guys go back to where he was uh, working. Before he met Christ, he was working at AT&T as an engineer. Uh, and now, if you want to go back to AT&T, he's wor working for something, something different. Now, understand that this framework is the same one. I've had plenty of, I've had moments in my life when I have become detached from the group, when I became when self-determination became more of an issue, and I want to return to something that really matters. Has, has anyone ever had that experience? I've had where I've been discouraged, where I could see the problem. Discouraged, that's why I have to stop seeing the problem. He's a reflection of the problem. Oftentimes, so, and I knew God, and, and this happened to me, after I met Christ, detachment from the group, self-determination, I do my own thing, and I want to go back to something that really matters. All the while, I knew that Jesus was talking to me. Right? I knew that something was in my life. In order to understand the significance of Peter's desire to go fishing, right, um, he's a fisherman, right? Matthew 4.18, uh, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, and Andrew's brother, casting another net fishing, so they were fishing. So he wants to go back to something that really matters. Um, and, but Jesus has called Peter out of fishing to follow him. And, and, and the next few verses, ver 19 and 20, and he said to them, follow me, I will make you, so clearly he was a fisherman. It's okay to be a fisherman. Nothing wrong to be a fisherman. But when Jesus calls you out as a fisherman, you got a problem. You go back. So 
right? Is that, is that, that's not complicated, right? Uh, so get it. Many, many wonderful things in life. But when he calls you out and then you go back, something's not right. So he did us a reminder that, right, we're going to go through these as, 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 as those who are following Jesus Christ, these are the kinds of emotional situations, these are the kind of things that you're going to battle with. You're going you're gonna to find yourself in, in, in places where, where there are these things want to go back, and you may not tell nobody. You may not tell nobody. I didn't, it's not like I told, I told, hey, I came to church. By the way, uh, uh, brothers and sisters, today I'm, I'm <laughs> and by the way, uh, last week I became more self-incriminating. No, we don't, we don't publicize, we don't broadcast it, but in our hearts we know exactly what's going on, right? <laughs> yeah, have you ever been there? You know, like you could put the face. Have you ever been, you'd be like, yes, amen, praise the Lord, but you know your heart is just so, right? That's what we want, my friends. We talked about Ruth and Orpah, right? We won't go through that again, but following Christ will require forsaking earthly dreams and desires. Will Luke 14, 33, so therefore any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. So, you know, so um, Peter has not fully renounced fishing, he's going back. So the question I want to ask today that I have not answered in all of this is how did Peter become Peter? What's going on here? That's okay, I, I get it. He wants to go fishing, and that statement reveals that he's, you know, he's distant from the group and he's he wants to do his own thing and he wants to go back. Okay, I get it. Why? The question I'm asking is, how did he get there? What happened? How how do we come to those places? How do we like, you know, I want to understand better now why Peter is behaving that way. Why Peter feels that way. He's not just doing this in a vacuum. He's doing this out of a particular emotional, spiritual state. And this is the this is kind of like the um, the fruit of that state. These are the, the things that are revealing his state. What is going on with Peter? If it's in the Bible, um, the question is why how what are things in our lives that are that cause us to be in that same position? So that's the question that we're asking. And what happened to Peter? What caused him to become detached from the group and his own desires and return to an old way of life? All right, so Peter's desire to go fishing reveals that Peter is still greatly affected by his faith. Right? Let's go to Matthew 26, Matthew chapter 26, and we'll read verses 12 through 15. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly, you too are one of them. This is when Jesus is being betrayed, right? Jesus um, is now in the hands of the Romans, and right, and Jesus is on his way to the cross, and we know the story very well. Right, Peter, um, uh, right, is like you know there, and and Peter um, said certainly, and said this this person, this bystander, um, came up to Peter, recognized Peter, and said, "Wait a minute, you are one of them. Your action betrays you." Now, I'm giving you the end of the story. Peter began, verse 74, Peter began to invoke a curse on himself. In other words, you know, like, you know, we do it today, right? Right? We, 
And they just say, I swear to God, I swear to God. If I can just get strong with these, these invoking, these invoking of terms on this show. Why the invoking of terms? Because it's so very simple. I, I don't want you to think that I'm one of them. So I'm doing everything that I can to convince you that I'm not. And therefore, I'm cursing. No, man, lightning strikes me. It beats me down, right? Um, so that to prove to you that I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not him. I, I wouldn't invoke a curse if I'm with him, right? But he's a sick man. Okay, it's crazy. It's very shocking to, to see how far Peter's willing, right? I mean, he, here's a man we're going to read that later uh, who, who made these bold claims that everyone will accept. <laughs> And here he is invoking a curse on himself as he swears. I do not know the man. He didn't even say Jesus. The man. He, 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 he wants to make it sound. I don't know that this man is a man foreign. I don't know that man. And immediately the rooster was shut. Peter remembered that. Well, the rooster came. We will never fully grasp the, the, the depth of that vision of Jesus. I, I, I wish we could all dress like that and picture that. Wow. The only one that can really identify, the only one that can really begin to understand this, there's only one people that can begin to understand this. Who else is there? is not what I did. Right? So, so you can understand that there come these moments in life, especially in the beginning of your journey, and you're so full of yourself, right? <laughs> and Jesus hasn't had time yet to really deal with that character, right? And you're full of zeal and passion, and before you know it, you find yourself in, in a wilderness of lust and desire. And you're like wondering, Lord, where are you? What is going on? I love you, Jesus. And I, so that he wept bitterly. That bitterly is it corresponds to uh, his love for Jesus Christ. And you don't have to have this great failure. But when you do fail, and you know that you've, you've done wrong, and you really love Jesus Christ, you're going to feel a bitterness of weeping that, that, that I think you cannot control. But there's just something about loving Jesus Christ and the introspective out there. And I'm talking about, these are, these are not just failures. We all fail everywhere. We all fall short of the glory of God. But I'm talking about, there's different things that we do intentionally 
where we, where we um, know what we're doing is wrong, but we do it anyway. Peter knew what he was doing was wrong. He was, he was not, this is not a man of, well, he, he liked him, Paul for all the glory of God. No, he, it was just painful. He's saying things he shouldn't be saying, um, and death is imminent. And this, I believe, what something happened in Peter, something happened in Peter that I think is informing what's going, that Peter wants to go through with this. I don't think, I don't think, um, I, I think the Bible, you know, um, doesn't make that connection, but you could, you say something happened in his failure, something happened in his denial of Christ that, that, that something changed in Peter. So he's going through this. But I think we, I think this is understandable. We're going to try and see, see what is going on in Peter. Now, now realize this, just to kind of reinforce the idea that Peter failed, but Jesus did reveal himself to Peter. In fact, I, I think he revealed himself to first to Peter. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Um, you know, if, if we just follow this order, then we, I think we, have, we are on good standing to say that uh, Jesus, senior Peter, uh, he revealed himself first to Peter. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our offenses, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared Cephas, which is Peter, then to the twelve. So it clearly appears that Jesus um, had a mission, and Jesus personally went to him. We don't know what happened. But you can imagine. Can you imagine? Just a thought of my imagination makes me want to do this. I can only imagine Peter rose and Jesus appeared to him. Isn't, isn't our Savior wonderful? Peter should have gone to Jesus. <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, since he was raised from the dead, Jesus understands. Jesus understands what Peter's going through. And he appeared to to Peter, and then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at that time, right? He revealed himself to Peter, but but here's the thing. Let's pay close attention. Even though Jesus appeared to Peter, right? Something was still in him. said that, when Jesus appeared to Peter, I believe Peter was just floored. There was a skepticism. There's no way that Peter has a revelation of Jesus Christ that he's not changed to a to a, some level. Something is restored in him. Um, and we could go into, you know, into theories what that might be, but there, no doubt, number one, Jesus revealed himself, so there was that thing. There was, so we're not talking about a man who's just like completely out of left field. No, no. There has already been a revelation of Jesus Christ to Peter. And Peter has received some grace through that revelation of Jesus Christ. And he's restored to a measure, but not completely. There's still something impaired in, in, in Peter. There's still something very much impaired that goes beyond Peter, right? Some of it goes beyond Peter. 
but still very much um, abides in him. Peter, so what's going on with Peter? He's affected by this failure. And he lost it. And I believe although Peter was restored, I believe that Peter lost the call of God in his life. He lost something very, very important in that moment. And those are two distinct things that we're going we're gonna to see the importance of, you know, Peter's restored as a person, right? He's restored. But the restoration has to go has to go beyond me. The restoration has to go beyond Peter. Why? Because God has plans. God has purposes. It's not just, oh, you're alive and breathing, fantastic, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. We're just a bunch of alive and breathing, you know, embodied souls. <laughs> no. No. Um, God has Not to just be breathing and alive. I'm a Christian, da 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 da. You know, I thank God for you being alive. There's something more for Peter, and I believe for every believer. He lost it. He's lost touch with God's call. Now this happens all the time. There are people that are restored, but they lose. 30, 40 years, never, maybe never to recover that sense of call because maybe they're failing it, right? Matthew 4, 19, Jesus said to him, follow me. In other words, make me your disciples. Peter lost his call. Um, he's lost his call. He's dealing with these deep effects of a failure. And I say that because the issue with Peter is not apostasy. The issue with Peter is not that he's abandoned his call. That's not the issue. Peter is not like that. Peter still loves Jesus. 100%. He's not like, I don't know, you guys still believe in that kind of stuff? I'm, I'm moving on. I'm going to go to a new guy. He's not, that's not the attitude he has. He's okay with Bethany. He's okay with the disciples. It's just, um, his call, the vision that Jesus presented him for his life was no longer the case. He'll go with it. He'll go, you know, he'll go with the ride, but I'm out. You know, they do your mission. I think that's where we should uh, end our time with. I believe that was the issue. The issue is the call of God in his life. It is the loss of Peter's call that I believe is now informed everything in John 21. That's going to be determined. And it's going to raise and elevate um, the purposes of God so that, so that we can take seriously the call of God for your life. And I think a lot of people don't. They just say they're just alive, but they're breathing and they're walking but without purpose. They don't know. Or in many cases, um, they don't know 
there, but they're kind of their failures, disappointments on disappointment itself, whatever. Uh, but, but we're going to look at that, you know, and, and, and try to understand how it really does happen. And I believe it happens lo- more than we realize. But, but to understand the gravity of John 21, to understand that, because we lost a, a vision for the, the vision that Jesus had for Peter, and it was glorious. Let's be honest. The vision that, 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 that God, that Jesus had for, for Peter is glorious. Do you want to hear a little bit about it? Let's hear a little about it. Let's go to Matthew 16. Let's give you a little bit of specifically Peter. The, the, the idea that, um, that, uh, that, that God, that Jesus had for Peter. Yeah. So, again, just, and he said to them, well, who do you say that I am? Who, who do you say that I am? Great moment when Peter as he as he um, walking with Jesus, and and, he, um, and then in verse sixteen, um, Simon Peter replied. So you, you, you can see here, Simon Peter is um, is the one that um, is going to now reply. He says, "You are the Christ, the Messiah, right? The Son of the Living God." He he, he, he testifies, right? And Jesus answered him, "Blessed are you." Simon Barjona, right? So this idea, Jesus now directing specifically to Peter. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. You have received um, tremendous revelation of who I am, right? Um, right? The idea that you are the Christ. You're the, the Son of the Most High God, you, right? You, 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 that did not come to you. My Father is at work in you. Uh, right, and, and Jesus is recognizing. Jesus is seeing the Father working in Peter. Uh, the Father was the one that told, right, Jesus, pick it up. Right, right. He prayed. Remember that Jesus goes overnight and he prays, and then the next morning he starts picking his disciples. In other words, the Father told him, Simon Peter, that's my answer. Right. All Jesus is doing, he's not acting as God. He's simply following the lead of the Father. The Father's giving him instruction, giving him wisdom, giving right. He's simply a man, and he's totally dependent on his Father. And, and it's the Father that says, Simon Peter, that one there, come and, come and get him. I've got tremendous plans for that, for that man. He has no clue. <laughs> he has no clue, but call him. And so, but now Jesus, Jesus does get some insight into, into Peter's role in the scene. He gets, you know, so this is all like wonderfully being ordained by God. He, he, he says, who do you say that I am? Um, and I, I, I believe in my heart that Jesus, um, he's, he's um, really instigating this moment by asking the question, who do you say that I am? And, and I believe that that was just, you know, by, by the wisdom of God, he knew to say that because Peter himself would reply. He's trying to get Peter. And God, and so rather than just telling him, hey, Peter, you know, can I tell you about it? No, it's funny how Jesus is. He, 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 he engages with us, and as he engages with us relationally, then he tells us about these great things. You, have you ever noticed that about Jesus? Jesus, the, the, Jesus doesn't just come to you and say, hey, um, I'm, I'm going to do great things with your life. No, he, he, he draws us. You play with him in the sand a little bit. You throw the volleyball a little bit with him. You have a relationship with him. And then you say, hey, by the way, who's that guy? He builds relationships. And then he tells us, oh, by the way, I just want to tell you something. 
that's how God, that's how Jesus is. Even they don't see it the way I see it. Who do you trust? I mean, Jesus. Like if he was using the Father to say that. You know, the joy that Jesus must have had to be with his disciples is because he tells them all these things that the Father had already revealed to him. You think that, you know, uh, we we have to plead for his faith? When Simon Peter replies, Jesus tells him, You know, these are just great moments, you know, like, right? Can you feel the, can you feel the beauty of this moment? Verse 18. He had no clue, right? He, he, had no, he had no clue what this means. I'm not sure we know. I'm not sure we know what this means. <laughs> and he don't miss it. I tell you. <laughs> this is God speaking to future Peter. He's got it, but he's building this character with these people, right? And Peter is just a part of that building. He is a favor. Jesus himself did not prevail on Peter. Then again, he was just like that. Now, understand, I will give you. Now, is that second person plural, or is that second person singular? What do you think? Is he saying, I'm going to give you guys, all you, the keys of the kingdom, or is he saying, I'm going to give you, Peter, the keys of the kingdom? Which one is it? Understand, like Peter is, like right, like this is God's delight. We we said it last week, you know, Thursday. You know, God chooses whoever He wants, He raises, right? And you know, it just pleases God to say, Peter, I'm going to give you 
your pillow is like, give me that. Praise the Lord. <laughs> what was he saying? What was he doing? Like, <laughs> he had no clue what Jesus was saying. <laughs> right? Let, let's be honest. How much, did he really have, like, oh, what's going on with you? Like, what? <laughs> and the fact that he just said, yeah, one more to go. <laughs> but it doesn't, you know, but, but, but Jesus, does it, does it matter to where Jesus that Peter really understood? matter to him that he just he, he understood he will understand it not because you're Peter Peter but Peter Peter John 21 right you cannot understand John 20 unless you read this this is a man of tremendous kingdom justice right to let's be honest to degrees that maybe out of all men on earth you can make a biblical argument that from all the people apart from Christ, nothing like this was ever ever understood. Peter. Right under you. Again, same thing. Second person Trinity. Right under you. Every believer has to because there's no doubt in Christ we enter into this. But we cannot jump there before we at least give credit where credit's due and see that in the context of this of this passage, it is Peter who Jesus is elevating above all the other disciples. He's giving him authority to bind and loose. He's giving him keys. the Lord to bind up so much of his redemptive purpose now is it any wonder can you can you now begin to appreciate the crisis of John 21 say amen if you do <laughs> you say amen whatever <laughs> but can you appreciate What's at stake in John 21? See, after Jesus said all this, he was saying, I am wept bitterly. this next week, but I'll, I'll give you what what happened, which is actually good, because it's freeing us from you know, looking at his failure, right? And this is all ordained by God, okay? The work of God in our lives that he, he, he appoints us, he appoints these things that we're going to go through, and the very reality of it, right? I'm not like, oh, 
like, no, it's like, praise God, praise God. It's the work of God in making the man of God the most zealous servant that we have. Right? That's why he's the, he's, he is the potter, we are the clay, right? And he's working hands. It's not, it's, it's not a, a, a mass factory, right? <laughs> You know, he himself, God himself is shaping the vessel. God himself has to apply the right kinds of pressure, right? Right? God himself, our lives are so wonderfully um, shaped and forged in the fires of God's affliction, but he's the one that oversees it because it is very fragile. Right? In Jeremiah, we see, what does the Lord say to do with the vessel? Break it. Try to hold it in. It's very fragile. So, right? But but something ha- there are things that have to happen in our lives if God's going to see his purposes fulfilled. But they're very delicate, very delicate. And, and, and when we're experienced, we can discern them and we can encourage people. Okay, listen carefully. You are in a very dangerous spot, right? And I believe that Peter is in a very dangerous and very... Um, delicate place in his life. But what happened? What caused Peter to lose sight of God's bigger plan? Let me, I'll say it and then we'll keep going. Peter lost all self-confidence. Now you know it all the time. We're going to talk about that, right? So, so that makes sense. The loss of self-confidence is a dangerous thing. And we'll talk about it next week. But this is necessary. His confidence was broken. You're going to lose Things are, are jeopardized in that moment. Things sometimes can actually call Wesley back. We're going to read that Paul went through something like that. And, but 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 we'll, we have this wonderful story in Peter because I think that this is very, very common in the life of You are going to enter some daily disappointments in your life. We are conundrums, right? We'll pick that up next week. Let's pray that we would pray for that. Father, this is such a great Thank you.
to their lives. Nothing can happen in our lives apart from you. I pray that you would grant us a hold of you in our lives. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Oh Lord, I just thank you for this time. Thank you for this time. Can we stand and can we sing a song? I'm gonna, if there's anyone here that like needs prayer, I want to pray for you. Just say to the Lord, I'm here. You know my name, Jesus, and I'm 